First of all, my name is Ivan. I'm not a pastor, thank goodness, um, but I am your brother. And uh, <laughs> hopefully, uh, many of the things that I'll be sharing this morning with you guys are things that I struggled with a lot. Um, things that I experienced and things that I experienced breakthroughs in as well. So this morning is much more of a sharing. Um, last year I did uh, spoke about the Bible and I called it a journey. And I feel this is the same. I feel when it comes to serving, it's, it's, it's really such a journey that, that we undertake in our understanding of, of what it means to be a brother and a sister in the kingdom and to build one another up. So hopefully this morning you guys will see that. And uh, to start off with, you'll see that the word um, servant in Greek is diakonos. And there are two deacons, if you, if you see the relationship between those two words, in the church at the moment, we've got Etienne, and I, I wasn't even aware that, that Kathleen was a deacon. <laughs> and so for any of you guys who are unaware, now you know as well. Um, and it virtually means a person who renders a service and help to others in some context with an implication of lower status. So remember that last part over there, an implication of lower status. Um, because I'm going to speak about something that, that we need to do that actually ties in a lot with that specific sentence. So, how did, how did serving in my life start? When I was about 24 years old, um, I had to make a decision whether I wanted to do this whole Christian thing or not. Um, I needed to decide whether I'm actually going to be a hypocrite and I'm going to be the culture Christian or whether I'm actually going to dig in deep and I'm going to get, well, I'm going to attempt to have the full experience about what it means to be a brother, what it means to be a servant. So what I did was I, I've, I've got a few gifts, I've got a few talents, and so I wanted to get part uh, or take part in that. I, I sang for choirs in, for so many years in my life, so it would be natural for me to then enter into the worship team, but I actually didn't. Um, I actually started off just being a small group leader, and believe it or not, a small group, Etienne, can, um, I've got you here, because I was a small group leader of two women groups, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a young working group, and this was in the church back in Port Elizabeth. And the other group was a small um, group of girls that was in the high school that I went to. I was about 24 years old. They were hitting around about 16, 17. And I remember they just wanted to speak about Job and all the troubles that Job went through. And I, I, I tried to explain to them that this is really not what you guys should be focusing on right now. Right now. You guys should really be wondering about what it means to you know, grow and, and, and experience Jesus Christ. And they just wanted to be stuck in those, in those specific bits. So it was quite an interesting, interesting experience. Um, God get me safe through all of that, and I actually, I really enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I really loved the fact that I could see a work through content with people, and I could see them grow. Um, but it was kind of, I could see them grow because they were putting in the effort. I was kind of just, I was just facilitating the whole process. And it was such a blessing for me, because I could see as a person gets closer to Jesus and their relationship grows, that relationship and, and, and that flower almost actually is a blessing to me. It, 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 it speaks a lot about um, us as brothers and sisters when we're actually serving God and we're using our gifts, you know, how that can be a blessing to other people as well. 
So taking that onwards, I served in many different churches from then onwards, and then I found myself in Shofar in 2010. And then I met some, some seriously hardcore guys, and I'm going to actually name them this morning. I'm going to name Etienne. Um, believe it or not, but I actually really looked up to you um, because I could, see, I could see how he was constantly serving. He was, never, he was never not in a position of serving people. And I could see that. And I, can't, I, I wanted to tell you that. <laughs> and I hope that other people see that too. And I wanted to say to, obviously, Pastor D and, and Liana, it, it, it's, it's kind of expected of a pastor and a pastor's wife to be servants of the church. But as a brother and a sister, I can see the tremendous amount of effort that you put in and the relationship that you have with the Lord. And it truly inspires. It, it makes me want to be a better Christian because of your obedience. Um, another person is Stefan. Um, from the moment I got to know Stefan, I could see how his passion for the gift that God has given him supersedes almost everything else. I know he understands what it means to deny himself. And that is something that we're going to speak about a little bit later. But he truly understands that. And I can see that because, because it just flows out in everything that we hear, speakers sound, is directly because of the effort that that man has put in. And the man that I work with, Reno, you're a brother, my man. Yes, you work hard. You work very hard. But you don't work hard because, I almost want to say of situations, you work hard because I really do know that you seek the heart of God in everything that you do. Even though, even though it doesn't always feel that way to you. Um, a lot of, I'm going to end off this evening with, with that being the main motivator for me. And I can see that in that man over there. That he truly seeks the heart of God. So we are surrounded by people who actually are passionate about so many different things. Um, we're going to read the scripture a little bit later. But how encouraging to know that we are different. And how encouraging to know that we can encourage one another as brothers and sisters. So... At that point in time, I would say I was about 25, 26 years old. I was like, at that point in time, um, serving uh, in the worship team as well. So I, I t I've taken on some extra responsibilities in the church. And one of the things my own mother actually told me, even you're going to burn out. This is, this is not going to work. And the thing is, I was actually saying, but how, how, how is this possible? It, it, it's almost as if, all these things that I've taken on and all these passions that God has given me has just brought me to a place where I know that you think I'm operating on the verge, but for me, I'm operating, operating at like 50%. I, 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 can go, I can go more, I can go longer, I can go harder. And the thing is, that's, that's just something that I discovered about myself, that I can always go harder. And the perception of other people, even when people say, but you're doing too much, it's like people say that of me. But the thing is, they actually really just don't have a clue. Because I know who I am in Jesus. I know my identity. I know what he has made me to do. And it's actually interesting because he made this body. He made your bodies. He gave you your visions. He gave you your passions. So the thing is, I think you will find 
that even when people say, no, but perhaps you need a break, and I'm, not, I'm now not saying that there's not a place for a sabbatical or taking a break of serving, that is not what I'm saying. I'm saying is, we need, to, we need to have faith in the fact that God has made us in a very specific way and we are capable of so many things in Him. Then, all of this centered around identity for me. I needed to know who I was in Jesus. I needed to find out what are the gifts that He gave me, what are the passions that He gave me. Unfortunately, well, I wouldn't say unfortunately, but the thing is, I get excited about so many things. And when I get excited about something, I can spend hours and hours and hours and hours on it, and it will give me so much. It will fulfill me so greatly. I'm definitely a, a more of a C personality than a D, although D comes through strongly. But C, when it comes to detail, I can just lose myself in it. I love it. So, <laughs> so if, I, if, if I'm given a new task, I will just lose myself in the information, and I actually really love it. But I also know that that is who God made me. So I can be secure in that. But at the same time, I had to learn to deny myself. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to do many things for myself. But as I grew in spending more time in serving other people, I realized that that personal time that I wanted for myself is becoming less and less and less. And... I was really, really okay with that, but, but the thing is, through a period of, of getting married and, and having children and having to reprioritize things, it was, really, it was really difficult to actually then say, okay, fine, it's a difficult line for me to, to draw and to say, where do I now strategically deny myself in order for God still to be glorified in this situation? And I really don't get it right every single time, but I believe I've definitely got that focus. And salvation, I, I constantly come back to the fact that, you know, Jesus has saved us. He's brought us to a place where we look to him. And obviously, he's our example in all of this. He has shown us tremendous mercy. Um, and one of the things that I actually haven't even, um, that I'm not going to speak about, is him being a servant in such a way that he lowers himself in status and washes people's feet. But the thing is, that ties in for me with my identity and who I believe I am in Jesus, and my salvation. Do I, do, I, do I really value my salvation? So going on to some of the things that, that I struggled with. And I'm going to be vulnerable with you, um, and I, I believe I, it should be so. But when it comes to this specific heading, don't think that there are challenges of serving. That is not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying these are the things that, that, I, that I struggled with. So the very first one is pride. Because when I, when I want to do something, I'm, I'm given a task, I really want to do it well. And I found myself in this church sitting, uh, for instance, behind a, a sound desk. And I would think, wow, the sound is really awesome today. Really, but, but like seriously awesome. No one has ever figured out how to use the sound effects. And I managed it, and it sounded awesome. Now... <laughs> Now, obviously, if, if someone then comes and tells you, listen, the sound was awesome, then very, very good, okay? But the thing is, you can see where my mind, where my mind was going to. I was like, I would then go back and I was like, okay, so how can we make it sound even better in order for me to get a little bit of recognition because of the fact that I feel that I did it so well? 
you guys see that. Okay, and the thing is, I, and even to this day, it's my, my biggest flaw, without a doubt. It's my biggest flaw when it comes to my relationship with my wife, my boys, with things that I do at work. I, I, I react from a place of, of pride. And uh, it's something that, that needs to be, it's something that we all need to work on, but especially me. Um, <laughs> disassociation. I looked at this word this morning, I thought, oh, perhaps I chose the wrong word. But the thing is, it was, it was for such a long time, it was so easy for me to, for instance, sit behind a sound desk. Um, and not so much here in Shofar, actually, but in the church that I served um, in Port Elizabeth, um, I didn't always want to interact with people. Um, I'm very happy by myself. So serving, sitting behind a sound desk, having to be there early, then be behind the desk during the service, and having to pack up afterwards, disassociated me from everything else that was actually happening. It took me out of the whole concept of making relationship, making friends, being there for people. I would, I would purposefully remove myself out of that situation purely because I knew that that place was a place of safety. I, I actually felt safe there. And I justified it by saying, but I'm serving. <laughs> you guys see how flawed that, that thinking is. People would tell me, take the performance out of the equation. This is a dead work. And yes, many of those things that I did were dead works. But at the same time, I also want to say this. Even though the comments might be made that some of the things that you do, um, that you need to take performance out of the equation, God is also a God that expects excellence of us. So when we actually do something and we give our service, we mustn't be mediocre. We mustn't be mediocre. We, we've, we've got to be... We've got to be the leaders. We've got to be the people who are absolutely excellent. And one of the scriptures that um, it, it, it doesn't tie in directly, specifically with performance, but God says that we should honor one another. We should outdo one another in honoring one another. Um, that basically means that we should do things in such a way that when other people see us do those things, they don't have a choice other than saying, no, thanks, brother, that was an awesome job, or whatever the case may be. You guys get the point I'm making there. Okay. Time challenges. It ties in very, very, very closely with denying yourself as well. Is that Jeremy? <laughs> Our boys are very emotional at the moment. <laughs> so, the one thing about Serving taking time doesn't mean that time is a challenge. It means that we deny ourselves and we gladfully take the time out in order to serve one another. And that's a revelation that I had. It's not, it's not about the amount of time that you actually spend away from the people that you love or the things that you actually want to do because we should actually deny ourselves in order in, uh, to be a service to, to brothers and sisters. And that, is the, and, and, and that is what I want you guys to see here. Don't look at serving as time for God. You know, there's, there's no compartment there. It is serving is serving, full stop. Don't look at the time that you need to spend in doing something. Actually look forward to it. Look forward to it with, with such a passion because you're going to get a blessing out of it. So I'm going to speak about 
the whole issue about dead works. We, the, the statement that, that I'm making is God is the kind of God who cannot be served, but loves to serve. Okay? And the scripture reference for that is in Acts 17, verse 24 to 26. It says, The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to people life and breath and all things. Now, when I, take, when, I, when I look at this specific situation, you look at that specific statement, do you guys remember the statement? God is not... Um, no, I can't remember the statement either. <laughs> um, it basically says that, that there are two people, um, or two concepts, two identities here. The one, the one looks at the statement that God cannot be served because he himself serves, and he sees that as a threat because it takes away the basis for boasting. If we want to do something in our own power and we want recognition for it, then, then you want recognition from fellow people. But the thing is, the problem is that God is already self-sufficient completely in himself. He is, he is someone that actually leads. He actually serves us in everything that he, that he does, and he gives us everything that we need in order to serve our brothers and sisters mainly. So the second, the second person is the person who realizes this. And instead um, of, instead of realizing that, that he needs to serve in order to get recognition, recognition, he realizes that God is the type of God that fulfills my needs, in whom I can actually find pleasure in serving. You guys see the difference? And that's, and that's one of the things that I, that I struggled with a lot. I would, I, would, I would tend to go more towards the one side where I would say, but, but surely, surely God has given me all these gifts, so he expects of me to serve him like this. Whereas I never actually thought about the fact that, he, yes, he gave me these things, but actually I can find pleasure in serving my brothers and sisters and don't need to, don't need to achieve something out of it. I don't need to worry about achieving anything. I can merely just be completely free in doing what I do and being who I am in serving people. So going on to identity. I've heard so many people say some of these things that, that are on the screen. But I don't have time. I don't know what I would do. I don't have any special skills to contribute. Or they don't actually need me. And to that, I'm going to quote this specific scripture. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in, ex in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, and outdo one another in showing honor. It speaks so much about brotherhood. It speaks so much about the fact that we are one body, and it, it becomes vitally important for us to actually know what the gifts of the other people are. Because the thing is, I can, I can then pull on those gifts in order to actually edify me. Because not all of us have every single specific skill set 
or gift set for that matter. That's why we actually need our brothers and sisters. That's why I feel in a service like this morning, where we actually come together and we worship God, you know, it is so important for us to actually come prepared and to, and to come activated and to come with the word that God has given you during the week because that word or that service or that act of worship or that thing that God has led you into for that morning is going to edify someone. He's going to edify your brother. He's going to edify your sister. That is the service that you actually give them by merely having a relationship with God and being obedient to the thing that he has told you to do. We obviously know this following statement, the Lord doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. So it, it, it stems from a place where, where we must actually just say, you know, like Elijah, Lord sent me. Uh, I'm not 100% I'm not sure where you're going to send me, but send me, and I'm going to trust that you're going to give me the tools in order to do what you ask of me. And if you don't, if you don't, then we've got the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let's have a look at that. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. If you don't know where, where your gifting lies, then start with any of these. Show love. Be a joyful person. Be peaceful. Be patient. Be kind. Be good. Be faithful. Be gentle in everything that you do. And you will be serving the people around you in ways that they have never expected. If we look at how, how Jesus served, I summarized a few. Um, he healed the sick. He, he raised the dead. He forgave our sins. He gave hope to the hopeless. He fed the poor. And in all practical terms, he gave his life. He showed us in everything that he did that he gave his life in absolutely everything. I love the fact that he, so many of the things that he did on earth wasn't at the synagogue. It was, it was on the road, during the day, during the week, he did many interesting things at the synagogue. He, he chased, you know, people, that, uh, chased people the way he made a whip. Um, but at the end of the day, many of the things that he did with regards to preaching, with healing, exercising these, the heart of God, I call it, listening to, to God, what the work that God has been doing, that God wanted Jesus to do, was actually in service of every single person that he came in contact to. If we go to the next scripture, we can see that Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And you guys remember that very first scripture that we spoke about, that right at the end it said, indicates a possible lower status. So when we look at this specific scripture, and I look at this scripture, you know, it says here that I need to make myself lower than the person next to me. I need to find it in myself that I should, I should consider them 
higher and greater and more wonderful than I am. That I am a brother that is worthy of serving them. And I need to find ways of serving them. And the way that I do that is by, by, do, by using my gifts and by listening what God actually told me. Um, what is the word that God has given me, the season that I'm in? What is the thing that I've got the capacity in order to do? Because God has served, Jesus has served. Imagine God's heart was to send his son in order to die for us because he knew we needed salvation, which is why salvation ties in so much for me with this specific topic. Then I'm really motoring through this. <laughs> but so often when we look at serving and we look at Jesus, um, we're obviously going to use the, the example of Jesus washing the feet um, of his disciples. But for the past two, three weeks, I was really standing still with this specific um, topic where Jesus was spending time with that woman at the well. And there is so much beauty for me in that, in that picture. Um, just the fact that Number one, he was speaking to a Samaritan woman, that he was speaking to a, a woman that he wasn't actually supposed to, that his disciples were out of the equation. They, they were off doing something. And then what are the things that he actually tells her in that situation? He tells her, you know, I want to give you, you know, living water. He, he starts off by asking her to give her some, some water, and then she, she really promptly tells him, but he doesn't have a bucket in order to uh, get water out of the... Out of, the, out of the well. But then what then happens is he has this conversation with her and this conversation actually develops in something amazing where, where they get to the point where Jesus tells her, okay, but go and fetch your husband. And that was the clincher because immediately she answers in truth, but the man that I've got right now isn't even my husband. And then Jesus says, yes, you are saying the truth because you've had five husbands and the one that you are staying with isn't your husband now? And imagine, he must have done it in such a way that she was not offended. Because he then spoke to her and he told her this, and then she was actually willing to recognize the fact that, yes, you must be a prophet. And then what happens? This whole thing turns into evangelism. She immediately believes that he is the son of God. She go tell, he go tells the whole town. And what then happens is the whole town then, over a period of two days, they, they actually ask Jesus to stay. And they become believers. And the thing is, the heart of God was to, for Jesus to be in that specific situation right there and then. And to have that conversation with her and to speak that truth into her life so that she can be saved, but the whole town would glorify God at the end of the day. He was serving her in that whole situation. He was the ultimate servant in that situation. How did he do that? He, he, he did it by actually breaking the tradition of the day, changing the culture, ch or challenging the culture, speaking truth into her life. And that resulted physically in glorifying God, a whole town glorifying God. And that's why, that's why I feel very, very simply that when it comes to that type of service, when it comes to Jesus being able to sit at a well and have that type of conversation with a person that we as Christians don't need to compartmentalize serving. We don't, we don't need to think of it as something that happens on a Sunday. It is something that happens in our marriages every single day, in our relationships.
at work. Every single sphere of, of the influence circle that God has given us. We get to use all of the gifts, gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of the gifts of the Father, every single day, in order for it to find a place where it can glorify God. It brings us closer to the heart of God because His heart is for people to be saved. And, and that is what we want to see. That is what we want to be part of. That's why it's so important for us to know what our identity in Christ is. Because if we don't know what our identity is, and we don't know what the gifts are that we can share with people and serve people with, then we are not going to glorify God. I would even, I would even go so far as to say, and perhaps this is a hard word, and I was wondering whether I should say it or not, but I'm just going to say it. But if you claim to be a servant, and your service does not edify the body, I would go so far as to say that you're not actually serving. Then you are busy with, with your own agenda. And unfortunately, I've been there. And I've recognized it. And I can be open about it. And, I can, and God has walked the path with me where I can actually say, but okay, I've, I've now been enlightened. I've, I, I've seen the other side. I know, I know what it's like to now actually be a brother that can actually edify people. So in summary... The whole topic of serving has got so much to do with our identities in Jesus Christ. The key word for me is always denying myself. Denying myself. Denying myself. Denying myself. That thing that I want to say, is it the time in order to say it? No, I should deny myself. That thing that I want to do, perhaps I should deny myself and not do it in order to have self-gratification. It's so much about being eternally minded knowing that the service that I am towards my brothers and sisters will actually edify them and will bring them closer to God and help them to serve other people. It is so easy for us to, to look at Jesus, but so difficult to, to follow his example. So difficult for us to actually become closer, become as Jesus was. But we need to know that our service glorifies him and that brings us closer to the heart of God. So what we're going to do now is we're going to listen to a song. The song is actually very uh, promptly named The Heart of God. And it goes into a cellar where um, the man proclaims the word of God. Um, it's a salvation. It's, it's basically an altar call for salvation. So while we are playing this, I want you guys to engage with God. And I want you to ask him the question, do I really know who I am? Do I have the capacity to actually deny myself? Do I know what it means to put a God in front of my mouth and to not say that word that I wanted to say? Do I know what it means to exercise the gifts of the Holy Spirit and be joyful and be kind and be faithful and have self-control? Do I have that capacity and be that woman or that man at the well, having this discussion with Jesus right now. Have the conversation with him. Let him show you. And we're going to sp we, you're going to do that while we're listening to this song. <laughs> 